And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents... All things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the savvy Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll present an amateur detective episode of Casey Crime Photographer from 1948. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular songs and a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Paul and I will try to name that tune. Right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. We have Paul on the line right now. He's from Woodstock, Illinois. Hi, Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey there, guys. How's it going? Doing good. And uh, it's going to be dance music, so hopefully I have some puns in a bun dance. Well, we're counting on you, Paul. I'm we ready need... <laughs> with my rim shot, Paul. <laughs> we're counting on your wit and your humor. Uh, these are really popular songs, and so <laughs> I feel very confident you will both know all of them. I'm not sure if you'll be able to spit them out so quickly, but um, they go way back, mostly the 70s and 80s. So, these, so some of them are disco, I hope? Uh, they're definitely crossover between disco mm. and dance. That's why I think right. you'll be we're very shouting successful. We're shouting out here? We're just You're shouting? You're shouting out. Right. I've got my slight so set on Paul. Uh, hopefully, disco goes well. <laughs> That's right. There you go. I knew this would be good. So um, this first song is from 1978. And shout out the title as soon as you know it. Uh, YMCA. Yes. YMCA. This is YMCA, Village People. You know, I never really liked this song, but I think everybody else does. So what do you think, Paula? Are you a fan? Okay. Yeah, I'm with I'm you. I'm a big fan, but I, I, I couldn't tell you why, MCX. <laughs> so this was released in 1978 from their third album called Cruisin'. And of Cruisin'. course, Cruisin', it went to number one uh, on the charts in 15 countries. So the here it is. YMCA. Oh, wow. There's a lot of singing going on here, Paul. Yeah, I'll I'll let uh, Carl exercise. Wait, I missed that one. You hit the ring shot too soon. He said he'll let me exercise my vocal cords at the YMCA. Good, perfect. All right, I believe that I am up by one. It's probably not going to stay that way, but... No, okay. Next one, this goes back to 1982. Come on, Paul. Uh, I'm so excited. Yes, I'm so excited. The Pointer Sisters, you got it. And so it reached number 30 on the Billboard chart. And this was followed by a remix re-release in 84. 
But hmm. this is the original Pointer Sisters version. What I want to know, Paul, is what's your point? Oh, no, this is going downhill well, quickly. You know, getting that one right, uh, I guess I'll have to give you some pointers. This might be the most rim shots I've ever done in a, in a five-minute period. He's got his finger on the button I'm excited. Here. And, and I is. just can't hide it. Oh, Carl, you're really singing out tonight. I'm about to lose control, and I think I like it. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I just can't hide it. Okay, let's move on. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> Here's the next song, 1983. Uh, 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 gosh, I know this song. Girls just want to have fun. Yes. Girls ah. Just Want to Have Fun, Cindy Lauper. Ah, I knew that yes. song. This was her, Gosh. really her first major single release, I and it's on her debut fun. album called She's So Unusual. Yeah. I haven't heard any puns on this one, guys. Ah. I don't know. Do we have any puns for no, this? No, we don't. Girls Just Want to Have Fun? No. Well, you know, the, the rich girls, they just want to have fun. They want to have fun. Oh, girls just want to have fun. All right, so Paul's up three to one. Yes, he sure is. Three to one. I knew it wasn't going to last. No. Here's the next song. You both know this one, so it's a timing thing here. You ready? Mm -hmm. 1983. Billy Jean. Yep, that's right, Carl. <laughs> this is Billy Jean, of course, from his album Thriller back in 1982. This is like his I'll tell you song, what. Guys. So for the record, the score is three to one now. Oh, okay, so what? Okay. You know what? This uh, this uh, this song was by uh, Michael Jackson. He was the king. So this was Billy Jean King. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> he was the king, Billy Jean King. That doesn't, still doesn't, you can oh, say it again, on, it still doesn't good, make right? sense. Paul, that was pretty good, wasn't it? You know, when it comes to Michael Jackson's music, though, you just can't beat it. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I'll take that one. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right, let's go to the next one. I like this song, 1989. Oh, uh, Love Shack. Yes. Love Shack. Love Shack. Love Shack. B-52s. From their album, Cosmic Thing. This is a great song. Figures with a B-52, I would bomb. <laughs> <laughs> On the highway. Rolling Stone named Love Shack the best single of 1989. Is a little old place where we can't get together. Love Shack, baby. Love Shack, baby. All right, there's one more song. Oh, I can tie. You can't. You're, you're not going to yeah, get it. Yeah, it's three to two. No, I can no, tie. no, no. Paul's going to get I the next tie. song. I can tie. I can tie. You're not going to get the next one. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here, Paul, here's the next song. It goes to 1976. What? Dancing Queen. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't know Abba? What? Dancing Queen. It's what? 
I did it. Okay. I tied it. Well, this is Ava released on her album called Arrival, and it's their most recognizable song. I just didn't think you, you know, know Ava. They were into magic. The original name was Abracadabra. You're missing a few letters, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> You did. I you tied. tied. And you said I wouldn't. I did. I said you wouldn't. I, you know what? I was positive I Paul would get this one. second late. Yeah, half yeah, a second. second late. Mm. Yeah. Dancing queen. Dancing queen. That's it. I don't even know, Abba. I don't even know. I, I just, know. I was just so determined to prove you wrong. I know. You know? <laughs> I know. It's just the will. I was so sure. I was so sure. The will to prove you wrong. And everybody all everybody, the everybody out there right now is just so surprised that Carl got that. You know, they're going, Mamma Mia. Right. That's right. Ma, Carl doesn't get that joke. Abba. Mamma Mia, right? It. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, Paul. Well, you did pretty darn good, You did buddy. really. I yes, mean, a did. tie with Carl is kind of like well, a loss, but I'm going to go with it. Like, <laughs> it's not that I good, I didn't think actually. Carl ever wore a tie. Oh, that's true, though. Actually tied me, so that's not very good. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Uh, but you are a great player, and it's yes. great to have you on. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again very, right, very Paul. soon, Take Paul. Take care, buddy. Especially me. Thank nah. you. Thank you. When we <laughs> Bye, come back. Paul. It's Casey, crime photographer. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. This is a really good series. Casey, crime photographer. I'm telling you, if you've never heard this series, it's really cool. Um... You know, Casey was uh, a photojournalist, and he would take his newspaper camera to crime scenes, and he'd uh, photograph the crime scene. And then, because he was sort of an amateur detective, he would look at those photographs, and he'd figure out, you know, what happened, and he would solve the crime, oftentimes before the police. It was a very cool show. Stotts Cotsworth played uh, Casey Crime Photographer. It actually made a transition to television with Darren McGavin. Remember him from Night Stalker? That was a great show. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite shows as a kid, Night Stalker. Darren McGavin played um, played the role on TV. Um, anyway, we have a radio broadcast called The Ex-Convict from January 22nd, 1948. Here is part one now of Casey, crime photographer. The Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation brings you crime photographer. Hi, Ethelbert. Who are you reading? A kind of information test in the paper. It says... What do these four names stand for? John L. Sullivan, John J. McGraw, Todd Sloan, Barney Oldfield. Ah, easy. Boxing, baseball, racing, auto racing. Say, you got them fast. That's yeah, a cinch. They're among the most famous names in their line. Everybody knows those names. Why, certainly, like everyone knows that Anchor Hawking is the most famous name in glass. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than 10,000 employees 
bring you another adventure of Casey, crime photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, our adventure for tonight, Ex-Convict. Morning, a highway leading from the city to its suburbs. At an intersection stands a hitchhiker dressed in new but strangely ill-fitting clothes. A battered-looking car slows down, and as it does so... Hop in, bud. Thanks. Where are you heading for? Hardendale. Ah, oh, you're in luck. You're passing right through there. That's swell, mister. Casey's the name. Mine's Holden. Where are you going in Hardendale? Brinsley Road. The Maddox Estates? How'd you know? I just guess. How long you been out? Out of the big house. Now, look here, if you're going to be... wait a minute, don't get sore. You a cop? The sign on the windshield tells you my racket. Press. Mm-hmm. One of them wise guy reporters. <laughs> no. There's a dumb photographer. You remember my case? You took pictures of me when I was wrapped. Nope. Never saw you before. When a guy wearing a prison-issue suit is heading for Asa Maddox's place, it's easy to figure it. The next con can't get an honest job anywhere else. He's always sent old man Maddox. What were you in for, bud? Arm robbery. First conviction? Yeah. Five years. I had it come to me, though. Oh, you feel that way about it? Yeah. And I'm not going to have it come to me again. What'd you say your name was, pal? Holden. Ben Holden. Well, who sent you to Maddox, Ben? Welfare Foundation? Yeah. I guess this Maddox is a pretty swell guy. You bet. Aces from what I hear. I never met him, though. He's given a lot of ex-con... Guys that have been in jams at fresh starts. Most of them are made good, some in a big way. At the foundation, they said a couple of rats had crossed in plenty. That's right. There are two cases during the past year. Guys he'd helped went out and pulled jobs while they were living on his estate. That's right. <laughs> nice character. Yeah, I think so, too. What do you know about it? You never come out of stir without a friend? Finally, to have a decent guy off your break. Anyone who rats on a decent guy like that should... should have his heart cut out. No, I'd say you meant that. Then I think Mr. Maddox is hiring a pretty good boy. Photography department, Casey speaking. City desk, Casey. Yeah, Burke, yeah. Report just came in of a payroll holdup at the Hannigan Mills. Huh? 30,000 bucks taken by a lone bandit. Hey, that's a nice haul. You want me to get out to the Hannigan Mills plant, of course? No, no, beat it down to headquarters. The paymaster, whose name is Whalen, has been taken down to headquarters to go over pictures in the criminal files. And if he makes an identification, I... Casey, here's that uh, picture the paymaster identified. It's Ben Holden. Ben Holden? Discharged from Wallstick Prison a month ago. I put out his description, all radio cars and precinct stations. We'll soon pick him up. Ben Holden. Calling all cars, all precinct stations. Discontinue search for Hannigan Mills robber Ben Holden. Discontinue search for Ben Holden. He has just been identified as hit-and-run victim of unknown car. Ben Holden is dead. 
Hey, Joe, them guests at the end of the bar want three more bottles of beer. Now, uh, getting back to where we was, Casey. Yeah. Where'd they find this stick-up guy, Holden? On Beechnut Road, Edward. Yeah. A car had run over his chest and kept on going. Gee, this morning he lifts 30,000 bucks at the point of a gun, and this afternoon he's in the morgue. That's just as the way she ought to be. I'm not so sure of that. Why? Well, Casey gave this Holden a lift in his car about three weeks ago and convinced himself that Holden was a reformed character. That kid was on the level when he talked to me. I can't see him doing it. He's been positively identified. And the $100 bills found in his body had the serial numbers of bills noted by the bank that made up the payroll. But the total wad found on Holden's body amounted to less than 600 bucks, Annie. Now, what happened to the balance of that 30 grand? Well, he hit it somewhere, of course. He had plenty of time after the robbery case. Sure, there was time enough. Well? Annie, two other ex-cons who got a break from Maddox have gone sour during the past year. And how? And if Maddox is smart, he'll give criminal reform up as a bad job. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Those two other ex-cons weren't captured alive either. Both of them were found dead, just like Ben Holden. Well, so what? One was shot by the cops when he tried to get away, and the other committed suicide when it looked like he was going to be captured. Very little of the dough that those guys stole was found on their bodies. Well, they'd... they'd... Sure. They'd hidden it somewhere, just like Holden. Yeah. It is a little funny. Say it is, so to speak, Casey. It's a... a peculiar coincidence. Yeah. Say, Annie, let's... Let's you and me go down to Homicide Bureau and have a talk with Logan. I got a hunch. You see, I'm afraid I'm buying this hunch of yours. Well, that's something from you, Logan. You mean, Captain, that you don't think Ben Holden committed that payroll robbery either? On the evidence, he must have committed it, Miss Williams. I want to know why. I've looked up Holden's record. He was a model prisoner, and the prison authorities were very favorably impressed with his good intentions when he was discharged. Now, what made him go sour? Yeah, that's what's got me going, pal. Have you looked up the records of the other two guys who went sour after they got a break from Maddox? No, not yet. Have you? Uh-huh, yes. On paper, they seem pretty good Joes, until after they got a job for Maddox. Now, Casey, you're not implying that A's a Maddox. I'm merely implying that there's been a three-time coincidence, Annie. But Mr. Maddox is... Well, he's a first citizen. He's helped hundreds of ex-convicts who've made good. Uh, the coincidence still remains, Miss Williams. Three of his protégés have gone bad. They were killed, and only a small <laughs> fraction of their hold-up loot was recovered. Now, maybe that's merely a coincidence, but... Well, I'm going to plant an undercover man in Maddox's place. Uh, one of your headquarters dicks? Well, who else? Oh, Logan, wait a minute. He wouldn't get to first base. Outside of Maddox himself, every guy in that big estate is an ex-con. Those babies recognize cops like you do. Well, naturally, detail a guy who is unknown to anyone there. They'll get wise to him. Of course, you have a better idea than mine. Sure. Let me be the undercover guy. You? Oh, that's it. Oh, Casey, you'd never get away with it either. Maddox doesn't know me. I've never run into any of his present staff of ex-cons. And I know a lot about the inside of prison. Remember, I once took a phony rap in order to get the goods on a certain guy. And in order to get an exclusive for your lousy paper. But, of course, you're not thinking of anything like that now. No, certainly not. I offer my services purely and nobly in the cause of justice. Yeah, nuts. Of course, if, if I do get an exclusive, the Express gives me a raise for getting it. Well, look, you want to see me get along, don't you, pal? Yeah, but I'm not saying where to. Oh, come on. Break down, tough guy. Give me a go-ahead. Well, uh, because of your talent for being lucky, compensate your 
shortage of intelligence. Okay. Thanks. And not only for your kind words. You're going to Maddox as, as an ex-convict, Casey? Why, sure. You'll have to appear as recently discharged from an out-of-state prison, one that none of the real ex-cons at Maddox's place have been in. Sure, we'll check up on the records. And we'll make a very thorough checkup. Also, when we pick your prison alma mater, you'll be well coached on what goes on there. Well, I learn quickly. Well, the only men Maddox helps are those sent to him with recommendations by the Welfare Foundation. Will they cooperate with you, Captain? 100%, Miss Williams. And take only a short time to work the bugs out of our scheme... Then I'll start for Mr. Asa Maddox's place. Morning. I'd like to see Mr. Maddox. Who are you? Who are you? My name is Eagles, punk. Mr. Maddox's butler. Yeah? But all butlers had English accents. So you got your education from the movies. Tough guy, huh? No, at least not anymore. If you are punk, you come to the wrong joint. What's your name? Stacy. Huh? Dan Stacy. Foundation Center. Well, why didn't you say so right away? Come on in, Stacy. The boss is expecting you. Oh, thanks, Mr. Eggles. Plain Eggles. Eggles. Hey, just get out of the Stillwater pen, huh? Yeah. I'm a graduated Dan Amore. Yeah, that's a real tough one, I hear. Yeah, it softened me up. That ain't happened to you. You don't belong here. No? No. Mr. Mannix is a grand guy. He's going to give you a job here. Well, he's had some disappointments lately, three of them. If you show signs of being a disappointment, pal, you're going to wish you never left Stillwater. Well, that's the way it is, huh? That's the way it is. Not only with me, but there's a few other ex-cons here who feel the same. Go on, Stacy. I'll take you to Mr. Maddox. Hmm. All right, that is the first portion of Casey Crime Photographer, January 22nd, 1948, The Ex-Convict, starring Stotts Cotsworth. I like that for a name, Stotts Cotsworth. Oh, I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, two A's in that, yes. S-T-A-A-T-S. Right. Stats. Well, you could spell your name with two A's. C A A R L. C A A R L. I like that. Carl. I might do that. Spread out the A's a little bit. Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Carl. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, Mm. Lisa. I'm going to start calling you Carl. (laughs) I like it. Man. Mm -hmm. Wow, we're on to something here. Right. All right. Or I am. (laughs) More of Hollywood 360 after this. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across 100 radio stations coast to coast. And we're also heard uh, all over the world, 168 countries on American Forces Radio on their number one channel, The Voice. We are on The Voice. And, um, yeah, we get uh, texts and calls and emails from all over the world. It's very cool. We love bringing you this show. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a blast. We come here every week. We prepare during the week. And uh, every once in a while, I'll give Lisa a call, like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm working on Hollywood 360. It's I'm like, true. sure she is. No, that's yeah. absolutely true. Sure. Every t- I feel like every time you call, I'm working on it. I'm working on Hollywood 360. Well, it's, and then, yeah. Yeah, and then we get together, we carpool in my 72 Nova, and um, start. it's been starting up lately yeah, we've been no doing problems really well so of course far. it's been warm you know right. it's Wait cold until the winter i might uh, be driving myself <laughs> i might have to get i might have to trade it in on a volkswagen beetle or something a beetle like a i used to have several of those i had like 63 64 65 volkswagen beetles i used right. to love those cars you know i might drive myself and meet you here you don't want to go in a, you know i like a good solid heavy you know safe of a car. Well, my take 70... your helicopter or jet. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could fly you in my jet. My 72 Nova is solid. I mean, you know. You know, get a Ford or something, Carl. <laughs> Ford. Get a good solid car, you know. Yeah. A good uh-huh. dependable. It's been starting car. up like a boom, a right like away. A yeah. What's her name? Does she have a name? My 72 Nova? Mm-hmm. No, I've never You've named never it. You've never named her? No. Wow. Well, no. that's what we should do. Come up with a name for her. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. We'll Maybe work it's, on that. All right. Let me think about that. All right. We're listening to Casey Crime Photographer, a show called Ex Convicts. Dots Cotsworth is the uh, lead. January 22nd, 1948. Here's the conclusion. Welfare Foundation has recommended you very highly, Mr. Stacy. so I'm putting you to work here. Thanks, Mr. Maddox. Your job will be a small one at first, but you'll find every opportunity for advancement. I hope I can make good, sir. Oh, I'm sure you will. You know the swell start I made. I'm just out of prison. I might have been in prison had I not been lucky, Mr. Stacy. The difference between you and me has been only a matter of circumstance. That's the way you figure it. Yes. Let's see. I made a pencil note of the employment I meant to give you. Dear, I'm so absent-minded. What did I do with it? Shirley, Shirley. Yes, Mr. Maddox? What did I do with that note I made about... Oh, uh, please excuse me. Miss Reed, allow me to present Mr. Stacy. Miss Reed? Mr. Stacy. Miss Reed is my private secretary. Also, she's the daughter of an old and very dear friend of mine. Uh, Shirley, where is Here that... Here it is, Mr. Maddox. Mr. Stacy is to work in the garage as assistant to Butch Franzen. Oh, yes, yes. Butch Franzen is my chief chauffeur, Mr. Stacy. Oh, uh, Shirley, will you take my new friend Stacy to my old friend Butch and introduce them? Gladly, Mr. Maddox. Will you come with me, Mr. Stacy? Gladly, Miss Reed. Maddox, it's been a privilege to meet you. Well, mine is the privilege, my boy. Good luck. Thank you, sir. Quite a guy. Yes, all of us here think so. You're from Stillwater, Mr. Stacy. Yeah, Minnesota. They treat you well out there? Not too bad. My father died in Joliet. Yeah? 
Mr. Maddox has only our kind around him. Hey, uh, you haven't. <laughs> no, I've never been in prison. I didn't think so. Not with that face. You're pretty direct. Why not? <laughs> I haven't an answer to that one. You did your stretch for armed robbery. Yeah, that's right. Get much? Twenty bucks in five years. <laughs> Sucker, weren't you? And how? Going to be one again? No. Just stick to that. You'll be okay. You won't like washing and greasing cars under Butch Franzen. He's tough. Oh, I worked with tough guys before. I can soften him up for you. I think you could soften almost anyone up, Blondie. Including yourself? Go to work on me and see. Thanks. But Mr. Maddox keeps me pretty busy. Uh, when you have a little time to spare, look me up. Maybe I will. Hey, Stacy. Yeah, here I am, Butch. Driving the boss into town. While I'm gone, wash and polish the station wagon. And I mean wash and polish. Okay. Blue convertible needs a clean-up job, too. I'll take care of it. Now get right at it. So long. So long. Hi, Butch. Oh, hello, Eagles. The Maddox is ready for his car. All right, I'm taking it to him right now. Hi, Stacy. Oh, hi, Eccles. Don't see much of you back here in the garage. I always get plenty to do at the house. How you like things here, Stacy? Well. Yeah, what you like best is the uh, boss's secretary, ain't it? What do you mean? You and Shirley Reed have been seeing quite a bit of each other. Any rule here says we shouldn't? No, no, there ain't no rule, but uh, you can't afford a babe like Shirley in what you're making here. So what? So three other guys who fell for her went out and pulled jobs that landed them on morgue slabs. This is a friendly tip, chum. Watch your step. Thanks. Hey, Stacy, uh, when you was at Stillwater, did you meet up with a guy named Ross Taylor? What? No. Well, it's a big pan. I guess there were a lot of guys there you didn't meet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Shelley told you about Ben Holden? Guy we had here who pulled that uh, payroll stick up? Everybody's here. Everybody's told me about him except Mr. Maddox. You know, uh, Shirley had a little hard luck that they hold and pull that job and then got accidentally killed. She drove home with a dented front fender. Dented front fender? Yeah, she'd run into something with that sporty roadster of hers. A post, she said. Butch fixed the fender for her so it looks like new again. Well, I, uh, gotta be getting back to the house. I got a lot of work to do this afternoon. So long. It's so long. Oh, Stacy, it's funny you didn't meet up with Ross Taylor out at Stillwater. He's the prison doctor. So long again. Casey, mm. you think the butler, Eggles, is wise to him? He practically told me he is, Logan. But at the same time, he tipped me off about the dented fender. I got outside of this pay station as soon as I could to pass you on the word. You figure Eggles is playing on our side? He's playing Maddox's side. Eggles obviously believes that Shirley Reed's car was a hit and run that killed Holden. But she's the works behind those three stick-ups. I think Holden and those other guys, those other two guys, fell for this babe so hard that they were willing to do anything she suggested. You think that guy, Butch Franzen's in the deal with her? Well, there's an understanding of some sort between her and Butch, Logan. And he fixed that dented fender, don't forget. Ah, 
Well, play the two of them along, pal, but watch your step. Yeah, I'm doing that little thing every minute. And when or if you've got a suggestion from her about a stick-up, get in touch with me right away. We'll throw a little surprise party. Yeah. Oh, i got to get back to the garage now. Polish a couple of cars. <laughs> that I'd love to see. Uh, I'll bet you would, John. I remember you asked for this job, and it can't be too tough. It's never hard to play romantic with a glamorous blonde, even though you think she's loaded with trouble. Uh, uh, Logan, look, have you, have you told Annie Williams about everything? I've had two. You know how interested she is in what you're doing. She's especially interested in the blonde angle, pal. Uh, play that blonde angle down, will you, pal? Way down. <laughs> Morning, Stacy. Well, Shirley, that is an unexpected pleasure. I hope to see you before evening. You wouldn't have if Mr. Maddox hadn't phoned from town a little while ago. He wants you to do an errand for him. Okay. You're to go to this address and pick up a package of jewelry he's ordered for his niece. Is, uh, what does he want me to pick up jewelry for? <laughs> well, it's it's his way of showing his trust in you. I see. I'm driving into town, Stacy. I'll take you to the place if you like. I never miss a chance of being with you. I. <laughs> This trip will be strictly for business purposes, big boy. Oh, just like that? Definitely. <laughs> now get my car out and let's go. Well, I have to tell Butch I'm going. Oh, he already knows. He was in the house when I got Mr. Maddox's message. Uh, well, then I'll pull out the car. That's a snappy little bus, this sport roadster of yours. It's getting pretty old. It's a 39. Hmm. Looks like it just came out of the factory. Guess you never had any accidents with it. Oh, I've dented a couple of fenders, that's all. Recently? No, not for over a year. Now you're lucky. We get in. You want to drive or shall I? I will. I like to drive men. <laughs> I'll park in front of the side door of the building, Stacy. Here. Yeah. Now, the man you're to see, Mr. LeBlanc, is a wholesale diamond merchant. His offices are on the second floor. I see. Mr. Maddox left this sealed envelope with Eggles before I came to work this morning and absentmindedly forgot to tell me anything about it. Here. It's addressed to Mr. LeBlanc, and I imagine it's to identify you, so you'll be given the package. Uh, just send the note in to LeBlanc, huh? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, Shirley, uh, a gal like you... Ought to have some nice jewelry. When I get it, it's going to be bought and paid for by a man whom I'm certain isn't a crook. You mean that? What do you think? Babe, I wish I knew. <laughs> oh, come on now. Get up to Mr. LeBlanc and hurry back with that package. Yeah, okay. Second floor, remember? And hurry. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I wish I knew. <laughs> Mr. Blank, Mr. Maddox sent me. Uh, close the door, Stacy. I'll get the package for you. Okay. It's uh, in my safe. Just one moment while I open it. Hmm? Right. I uh, suppose you're one of Mr. Maddox's ex-convicts since he doesn't hire anyone else. Yeah. You're taking a big chance opening that safe when you're alone with an ex-con, aren't you? <laughs> I, I have a burglar alarm. Uh, here, 
is the package. Well, you want me to sign for it? But that's unnecessary. I have Mr. Maddox's note, which amounts to a receipt. See? Good day, Stace. Hey, so long, Mr. LeBlanc. Hello, Stacy. Engels, hey. what are you doing here? Here to keep you out of trouble, bud. Come on down these stairs and hurry. What trouble? Shirley you... brought you here, didn't she? She's waiting for you outside. Yes. Already tipped you that she's trouble. But I don't see what... You will, very soon. Come on, pile into a car there. I'm joining you. Eggles? Yeah, I'm giving a surprise party, Shirley. Start this bus and then step on the gas. Well, why Do you... like I say. Like this gun says. <gasps> Eggles. Keep your shirt on, Stacy. You know whose side I'm on. Yes, Start but Start the you... car, Toots, and get moving. All right. Turn right at the next corner, then head for River Road. I'd like an explanation of this. Yeah, I can stand one, too. Listen, there's your explanation. What? It's a burglar alarm. From the building we just left. Yeah, it's in LeBlanc's place. He just set it going. Why? Because you just robbed him, Stacy. What? I... That's what he's going to say. Hand over that package you gave you, mister. I'm beginning to get this set up. I thought you would. I don't get You're what... not smart, Shirley. Give me that package, Stacy. The gun of yours doesn't give me much choice. All right, here. How much is in it? A hundred grand. You not set diamonds, that'll be very hard to trace. Well, Blank collects the insurance on them, and you and he split the diamonds, too. That's the play. You had the same deal with the paymaster who accused Holden of robbing him, and with the other holdup victims. Uh huh. Holden's seen going into that paymaster's office. Then he goes out with a package he's been given for Mr. Maddox. I meet him and take him away. Nobody but me and the paymaster know that Holden's been tricked into going there on a fake errand. It's like I tricked you into giving Stacy a phony letter to LaPlanc, Shirley, that I said was from the boss who just phoned me. Oh. Holden never had a chance to explain what really happened because you made him meet with an accident, Eggles. That's right. Swell little scheme, a huh, wise guy? Well, it was until this LaPlanc job. Now you slipped up plenty. Yeah, how? Because I haven't got a record. I've never been a con. You haven't? No. The cops aren't going to believe that I robbed LeBlanc, Eccles. Hey, you're not so bright either, gumshoe. Why do you think I made you suspect Shirley here? Suspect me? He had you figured as a very bad doll, toots. So, of course, he reported the hints I dropped about you to the cops. They'll think he stuck up LeBlanc at your suggestion. If you try to rub him out, then when they find both you and him dead, Shirley, they'll think you knocked each other off. After you'd managed to hide these diamonds. You've done a pretty good job of figuring, Eggles. <laughs> but you shouldn't have made me believe that this car of Shirley's had been used in connection with the holdups and murders. Yeah, what's that got to do with... <laughs> this is a gun you feel at the back of your neck, Eggles. What's going on? You got him, I'll blow your head off. Okay, don't shoot. I got his gun, Lieutenant. Good. All right, stop the car, Shirley. I am. So you... You had a cop hiding in a rumble seat, eh? Yeah, that's right. He heard everything you said. Which is more than enough to burn you three times, Eggles. I thought if I was invited to go places in this car, I'd be more comfortable with a cop back there. So several good guys have been taking turns. You thought I was behind those holdups and murders. You thought I was a traitor to Mr. Maddox, who's treated me like a daughter. Well, anybody can make mistakes. No! Get out of this car. We want you to drive us and our prisoner to headquarters, miss. I'll drive you and your prisoner, Lieutenant. But this person, this Stacy, he's going to get out and walk. We'll join the crowd of the Blue Note in just a moment. You know, in the old days, 
A rich, steaming cup of coffee meant fuss, bother, and lots of things to be cleaned up afterward. But those days are gone. Gone because now you can enjoy delicious coffee through the amazing invention of soluble coffee. A spoonful of this new kind of coffee in the cup, hot water, and there you are. Delicious coffee, quick as you can say, anchor glass. And anchor glass helps bring you the convenience of soluble coffee because two-thirds of the packers of soluble coffee protect their products against harmful moisture by using clean, sanitary anchor glass containers and anchor caps. The cap that comes off with a twist of the wrist and goes on again just as easily to protect the flavor and freshness of the coffee. Yes, today you can enjoy delicious hot coffee in a split second with flavor protected by sanitary anchor glass containers. A product of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. Nice long walk, Casey, huh? Sure did. I couldn't get a cab, Ethelbert. There was a strike on the bus lines. My feet were darn near frozen by the time I got the express over. Oh, I'm so sorry for you, Casey. Well... And not only because of your poor, tired feet. Beautiful, glamorous Shirley says she'll never speak to you again. Uh, 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 look, Annie, you know very well that my only interest in that gal well, was... Of course. You were merely trying to solve a crime and to get an exclusive for the paper. Why, of course. But you had a nice, cozy time investigating that blonde and getting the wrong answers. Blondes. Wow. Oh, I, I don't know what there is about them. I do. Yeah, what? You silly men. Crime Photographer, starring Stotts Cotsworth as Casey, is brought to you each Thursday by the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation. Makers of Fire King Oven Glass, Anchor Glass Containers, Anchor Caps and Closures, all products of Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. is directed by John Deeds and is based on the fictional character of Casey created by George Harmon Cock. Original music is by Archie Blyer and the program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. Herman Chittison is the Blue Note pianist. This is Tony Marvin saying goodnight for the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio with offices in all principal cities of the United States and Canada. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That is Casey, crime photographer, January 22nd, 1948, ex-convict, starring Stotts Cotsworth. And uh, you know who played um, his uh, gal pal on this show, Lisa? Jan Minor. You know that name, I right? I sure do. You're soaking in You're it, You're soaking in it. That's right. right. She was the palm olive dishwashing yeah, liquid lady. manicurist, right? I remember, remember those I remember commercials? The commercials. Like every single week or so, they'd have a different one, right? 
there would be somebody mm-hmm. else soaking it. Oh, but wait a minute, you know, no, 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 it's okay. It's it's mild for your hands. This yeah, okay. this water. You're, you're like messing it all up, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, that was uh, yeah, Jan Miner in this show. She did a lot of radio before she became Madge, the manicurist on those Palmolive dishwashing liquid uh, commercials. CBS broadcast their time for. This month in music history. All right, we're going back to 1991 with this song. It's slow. It is. Look into my eyes. This is Brian Adams. Yes. You know, it's from a movie from the summer of 1991. I'll say Bodyguard. No. <laughs> that would be Whitney Houston. So close. Well, no, I'm saying... Right, there was no. other songs in the movie. Right. But that would be the famous song from that movie. Who sings better, me or Brian Adams? Sing along, let me hear. Don't tell me it's not worth trying for. <laughs> okay, we'll get to the chorus. You well, you know what I sound like. I, so. I want to hear it on this song. Here, right here. You know it's true. Come on. You know it's true. Everything I do. Everything I do. I do it for you. You know, it's like a toss-up, I'd say. No, he's probably a little bit better. That's pretty close, Carl. So this is Brian Adams, like you said. It's from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, Robin Hood. Right. and With um, Kevin Costner. Yeah, and it was dominated the Billboard chart for seven weeks. So this is a huge hit. You know, it's a true story. I only got a minute here. Okay. But I I think I told you this story. I was at Warner Brothers with one of the big wigs at Warner Brothers one time. I had met this guy. He 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 was what guy? This the big wig oh, at Warner Brothers. Okay. I, I met him playing baseball, and he was like, "Come, you know, come visit me, whatever." And I did, and he took me into like the really cushy area where all the big stars from Warner Brothers go eat lunch, you know. And he was the big boss. And Kevin Costner Listen came here. up to our table. I've told you the story, right? Um, it's okay. You can tell me again. Kevin Costner comes up to our table and he starts talking to. The guy, you know, that I was with. I'm trying to remember his name right now. And he was making this movie at the time. Oh, he was making wow. Robin Hood. So he had, like, long hair. Yes. His hair was kind of blonde. He was real tan, you know. And I was like, man, I had almost like a man crush on him. I was like, Kevin Costner. Did you talk to him? Yeah. You know, we talked. <laughs> but, I mean, he looked great, you know. He just looked so great. He wow, looked like a Carl, movie. I had no idea. He looked like a movie star. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know you could, you know, go both ways there. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I he was do. just like just he a handsome man, you know? And yeah. I was just like, "Wow, Kevin Costner yeah. talked to me." You, you know, know, I actually met him once as well. Yeah. I'm just once. Nothing. I like Kevin Costner. Yeah, he's a always, great actor. I always liked him. Yeah. All right, more of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it's a musical variety episode of Songs by Sinatra from 1945. But we'll start things out by playing Is It Real? Or is it ridiculous, the music edition, right, Lisa? Oh, that's right, Carl. I've got some great music and... Um... We'll see if you well, can I figure out. Well, I hope you have music. Well, it's called the music I, no, edition. No, I didn't I say mean, I have music. I had said I have great music. 
Oh, okay. Right, which yeah. of course I do. And uh, we'll talk about the songs and see if you can figure out uh, the real things from the ridiculous. All right, that's all in our next hour. We'll see you soon. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier.